Welcome to Talk Employment to Me by KLC, the pod where common sense meets useful advice. Another week and another episode. I'm your host, Stephanie Berry, together with Chris Sacco and Jared Sacco. Join us for new episodes every Friday at 3 p.m. So sit back, listen, and let's get started. This is our seventh week, believe it or not. My goodness. Hi, Stephanie. Something about time flying when you're having fun or something like that. Something like that. I feel like we only started yesterday doing these, so seven's seven's quick. I'm happy with that. We're more than halfway through. What? Our podcasts. There's 13 weeks we were doing them for till the end of the year. Oh, we're not doing them forever. Well, I know Jared wants to. He loves them so much. At least till the end of the year. Okay. At least till the end of the year. I don't know. I'm not sure how many more topics I've got left in me, if I'm honest. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how we go. However, this week's topic is a great one, not to undersell what we do here every week, um, but thought we could, as I say every week, have a look at topics that, again, relevant to people at every age and stage of their life, their career, their HR journey, their their job journey, whatever it might be. Um, And one of the things that we've heard a lot about recently is burnout. Now, that can be in your personal life. That can be, you know, relating to a whole heap of different topics. Um, But one of those is also job hunt burnout. Um, And there are a lot of opportunities out there in the market at the moment. Um, And so trying to avoid burnout when you're actually trying to present yourself for roles is actually a skill, something you need to really think about. So I want to talk about today and go through um, some of the, I suppose, pointers, Chris and Jared, that you might be able to share for Um, targeting your job search and then also what we can learn from a failed job search because there is always something to be learned sometimes it's a bitter pill to swallow in the initial but there is always something to be learned so maybe jared because you have made it very aware to me that i might pick on you in these podcasts so this (laughs) week i'll let you go first (laughs) um what can you do to avoid job search burnout during that what can be quite a lengthy job search process well, the job the job market when you're searching for a job isn't always the most fun place to be. So as Steph, you've thought of that, it can be a little bit disheartening if you're stuck in that area for a long period of time. Um, you want to try and make it a positive experience for you. So yes, to try and avoid the burnout, that's going to come from doing 50 interviews and, and writing 50 different CVs and 50 different cover letters and, and getting all of that done to keep getting knocked back. So I guess my advice is pick the roles that are right for you, pick the roles that you're interested in um, and only apply for the roles where you're a genuine chance of potentially getting that role or, or um, being successful in that position. If you don't have the experience for a role and you're applying for it and um, you're having to tart up your CV to make it look like you've done more than you've done and then you get to an interview stage and they find out that you're not the right person because you actually haven't done what they're looking for, you're going to get stuck in this cycle of applying for jobs that aren't for you and then that's when it gets into a vicious cycle of looking for a job for three months and doing 50 interviews, which is what will burn you out if you're stuck in that um, situation. And you talked there, Jared, about being a genuine chance in your job search. Is there still some merit in picking up the phone and calling either the hiring manager, the HR department, whoever it might be that's responsible for filling the role and asking them, saying, hey, these, this is my background, these are my skills, do you think I'd be someone that you'd be looking at for the role? Absolutely. If it's something you're interested in, then 
absolutely it's worthwhile. Um, the worst thing that can happen is that they say it's not for you um, because you might not have the qualms or you might not have enough experience, but you've at least put yourself given yourself an opportunity without having to do all the work um, of writing a resume and a couple letter and things like that. So a quick five minute phone call, A, might find out that it's right for you, but B, worst case scenario, they say it's not, but you're on their radar for something else that comes up and, and they can see that you're proactive. And the job hunt is overwhelming, like trying to find a role. Now, as we said, the, the market at the moment is, is is very different than it has been for many years. There are a lot of opportunities out there and there is a shortage of of, of candidates. However, that doesn't mean that you still can't see through the fog of all these jobs and trying to get through 25 pages of jobs on, on Seek alone, um, and that's only one platform. That is overwhelming. So, Chris, what are some of your tips? And again, not to make reference to the fact that you've been in the game for a long time, but you have, and so your knowledge is power in this particular instance. What are some of the tips that you can give people on making sure that you're targeting your job search when you're looking for roles? Well, I, I think just stay employed in the first place. <laughs> and then you're not in then you're not in the burnout phase. So that's... for people that are just so unhappy that they want to look <laughs> for a job, what advice would you give them? I would take I take a step back from what Jared said as well. And excuse me, um, I think you need to be interview ready. And what I mean by that is we are in a very different place in the market right now where if you have the skills, you're going to get snapped up. So I think, um, you know, to minimise the 15 job interviews that you have to go to, um, that you don't quite get right and you keep going and you don't get quite right, really have your interview techniques down pat so then you know, that part of the process is easy because you're going to get the job every time. You know, that's what I think. Mm -hmm. But then I think rather than um, just be, have a scattergun approach because you're desperate for a job, be really focused because you're going to get the job you want. But yeah. be ready to get present yourself. So, yes, make a phone call to the hiring manager mm -hmm. before you send your cover letter that says the wonderful things about you and present your resume and make sure there's no typos in it. And then when you get to present yourself, and you will, because mm -hmm. the market is tied, um, be succinct, be awesome in the interview, yeah. answer the questions, um, interview the the interviewees, interviewers back um, and just be different. That's mm -hmm. what I would say. I think that's how you avoid the burnout. There's other things that you can do. If there are 15 jobs I think that you want to apply for and they all look the same and it's different agencies or different companies who might have a new funded program, go to the old-fashioned book. Write down who you've who you've sent your application to, what the name of the job is, who the hiring manager might be, and what the company is. So when they ring you back to ask you questions, you don't go, "Sorry, who are you? Mm -hmm. Where are you calling from? from? Where? Yeah. When did I apply to you? Can you give me a minute? I'll call back. Have that that information. My alter you. ego at work is Tiffany, not Stephanie, because <laughs> people will often call asking for Tiffany, not Stephanie. And I think you yeah, have not done your research that it was Stephanie that left you would voice message about a role but I also answered a Tiffany so to be fair to them yeah <laughs> and, when, and when you've got a cold you sound more like yeah, Tiffany than a bit like now yeah. yeah Chris it's a good point you make because I find it not frustrating but it's something that I do remember if, if I'm calling someone about a job they've applied for and they say oh which job was that and I and I'm explaining to them what the role is and they don't remember um 
God's it's sake, telltale it's sign. Death, you, right? Even if you don't, exactly. just fake it till you make it and then get off the phone and then go, hang on a second, what role was that? Like Google Exactly right. So yeah. if you have been applying for lots and if that's the decision you choose to make, that's fine. I agree with Steph, fake it till you make it. But it's a good idea to know what roles you've applied yeah. for because it shows that you've got a genuine interest in the roles you've looked at. You've spent some time. You've gone, that's the role for me. I'm going to apply for that one. So back to my question, which I don't actually think we've answered at all, but that's totally fine. Okay, I've got some thoughts, so I'll just share them, shall I? Um, Because we're talking about avoiding burnout and trying to be targeted in your search. Um, And this probably links back to some of the, and I'm not going to use the word wisdom that we've shared, because that's certainly not what we're doing here. Let's be serious. (laughs) Some of the information we've shared in the other podcast. Sometimes it's okay to start with a wish list of everything that you want. So to avoid burnout of applying for 50 roles, sit down and think, okay, am I looking for full-time or part-time? Now you will know the answer to that. If it's full-time, great. If it's part-time, are you looking for three days? Are you looking for four days? Are you looking for five days school hours? Do some really um, intense thinking on what exactly it is you want. Are you looking for a hybrid model of work from home and in office? Or are you looking fully work from home? How far are you willing to travel if you're going into the office? Are you gonna start by looking you know, a 10 kilometer radius from home? Whatever it might be, start with almost your your A, your A class, you know, I want this, 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 and see what jobs come up in your search there. And there might be two. And you might think, okay, I'm gonna apply for those two, but I now wanna look at my next kind of class, which is my B class, where I'm willing to travel 20 kilometers from home and I'm willing to do two days in the office and three days from home versus five days from home or whatever it might be. And you might then use search functionalities on the different platforms to kind of further qualify your search or broaden your search just slightly. And you might find seven jobs that you then decide you want to look at and you might apply for five of those. So again, I don't think it's a kitchen sink scenario right off the bat. I think you need to kind of be really targeted, start with your absolute top priority hit list. And if no jobs come up in your searches, then think about what am I willing to kind of compromise on? Or if you're not willing to compromise, set and forget, put those into seek, for example, put your um, reminder on and put in all your classifications, what you want, set it and forget it. And then if a job comes up that hits all of those, Seek will send you an email to say that this job's come up and it hits, you know, what you're looking for and it might be of interest to you. I think that really thinking about what is your priority will stop you from that scattergun as I think, I don't know, I think Chris and Jane both said that, that scattergun of, you know, like someone at a rock concert with a gun full of t-shirts that they just kind of go into the crowd. That's what you're doing when you're sending out 50 resumes, you know, in your head, a gun full of t-shirts. And you know what's going to cause burnout? Having to do your job search again in six months because you did your job search and you didn't get the right role because you weren't specific. (laughs) And I think the other thing to avoid disappointment and burnout is if the job, read the job app. Yeah. If it says you must have and you do not have, then mm. don't waste your time. Yeah. The must haves are the not negotiables. Give so, a t-shirt to the person next to you. Yeah, <laughs> they might have it. Um, so the must haves are the not negotiables, the desirables and nice to haves are the ones that you can mm. go, this is my one. Yeah. But the must haves, if, if you've got a diploma and they want a degree, it's not for you. Like. You're yeah. going to get disenchanted. Don't do that to yourself. And I do love, I do love the absolute um, enthusiasm of people who think 
that even though it's a must-have, they can still apply for the role anyway. Mm-hmm. There may be some scenarios where you can do that, but a lot of the time, depending on the role, you can't because it might be a funding requirement. It may be that to give that level of advice, you need to be an authorised representative. So you need to have certain qualifications. It could be whatever it might be. So. I, I appreciate people's enthusiasm of, oh, I can do that job, or but I've got everything but that. But in some scenarios, you need. Mm. So I was must-haves. thinking about doing that course. Yeah, well, that's well, great. exactly. <laughs> you, you must have your car license to drive a car. Your boat license isn't going to do it for you. So if you put it into a real life scenario, well, parts of Australia right now, Jared, your boat license is probably as good as a car license with the flight. Yeah, you're true. Actually, you're right. So then, if you are to not and and I feel like I don't I don't do not want to be Debbie the Debbie Downer um <laughs> which I feel like we were just but Japanese yeah, Stephanie and Debbie and Debbie yeah. I will answer to all of the above um if I'm not successful in landing my dream job or even a job that ticks eight of my ten boxes what do I like what what can I do to avoid the disappointment because I feel like if you even if it's one of three dream jobs that you've got to the point where you've either applied for them and you were not successful at that point or you make it to an interview and you were not successful at that point, how do you manage the disappointment? Everything is an opportunity. So, yes. You're about to get really philosophical on us, aren't you, I know, I am philosophical. (laughs) I'm feeling good today. Everything everything that happens is an opportunity. So, if you're not getting a role um, and it might be a bit doom and gloom at the time, it's about learning from that. So asking questions, asking for feedback, where did I go wrong? Did I not interview well? Did I not present well? Were my questions, were my answers to your questions not succinct enough? Was I not giving you real life examples? Things like that so that the next time you can work on it and you can grow and you can build and you can be a better version of yourself so that it, when you go through that, a list of roles you're looking for it might be the second you get because you've learned from mistakes you made in the first so it's about growing um interviewing is not an easy thing to do Uh, some people who have worked in a role for 20 years and and haven't been in the job market might not know how to interview so even just getting in front of someone and having that opportunity to do that is is a growth opportunity for you and i think the disappointment too is something that you need to be aware of Mm. Um, it's a valid emotion it's okay to feel the disappointment, but if you're not aware of the disappointment, then I have seen from my own experience, people then bringing that into their next interview or their next conversation on, on the phone with with me as the potential, with, as their you know potential manager or hiring manager. So you just need to be careful that you're not letting disappointment from a previous process bring you down in your next process because it, it is actually a lot more it is it is easy to, to kind of read in someone easier than you, than I think that maybe yeah. they're aware of most interview I think Jared I agree and Steph I agree with you too because I need to <laughs> um, but feedback um when and if, if the word is feedback you ask for feedback then you're going to get things that you may be surprised maybe you might be disappointed from but if you don't get the feedback, you're going to go to the next interview when you're going to do that thing again. And it might be annoying things like clicking your pen right through the interview, which annoys some interviewers. Things like nerves, interviewers, you know, respect and have empathy towards nerves. Yeah. You're not going to change that. But it's when you, you know, you might be abrupt or you might 
drop a swear word in an interview and you don't even realise it and nobody's pointed it out. These are the things that might be the difference. So don't be disappointed with that feedback. Maybe, you know, we've all had nights out where we've gone, we've left the house and we're on fire. And tomorrow we look back at the photos and we would go, why did I leave the house looking like that? What was I great about myself? So, you know, in the moment we think we're doing the the best thing, but we have a photo the the day after to show us. Mm. If you reflect and somebody's brave enough to tell you what you did wrong, take that on too, because that's great. You're going to learn from that. Quite empowering. And probably, Jared, back to the point you made at the start about maybe people pitching themselves at the wrong level or not pitching themselves at roles that are appropriate for their experience or whatever. That could be part of the feedback too. And so it's okay to ask, what do I need to do to be able to get myself to that that point that I can be applying or I'm successful in obtaining these roles that I'm pitching myself for? So it could be further study. It could be, it could be you know, in your current role, you need another six or 12 months experience before you're able to take that next leap. Um, Absolutely. Or if, if you know they move forward with another candidate, why did they stand out above me? What yeah. did they have that I didn't yeah. that made them more suitable? And then you can work from there. And sometimes you might say something that is very truthful. And the reason why you didn't get the job is that they can actually see in you that you've got more ambition than this role yeah. is going to present True. to you. So, you know, you're, you're such a good candidate, but we needed someone in this role for three years and we knew that you weren't going to stick around because we actually can yeah. see that you've got potential. So the feedback the feedback might be positive, but you'll take it in the negative in that moment. Yeah. But you've pitched yourself at a different level and that's great. Yeah. You know, that's your awareness. Yeah. So you go back and you refine your job search again because you actually want a bit more of a senior role. Mm. You're ready for it. And I think also to, to candidates, don't be afraid to ask the questions. I, I personally, as a recruiter, feel that it is my responsibility to be providing feedback to people if they're not successful. Now, how they choose to take that feedback and what they choose to do with that is their prerogative. But I feel like for me as a human being in my role, I'm doing a disservice if I'm not giving people feedback that they mm-hmm. deserve. Um, otherwise, how do you improve? And as I said, I have had people who pretty much say, thanks, get stuffed, I'm not interested. And that's their prerogative. <laughs> I'm happy for them to do that. But I still want to give the feedback because then maybe in a week's time when they're not feeling so disheartened or disappointed by the fact that they didn't get the role, they might reflect on some of that feedback that I gave them and and then actually think about what they could do for the next opportunity. Because Mm -hmm. as you said, sometimes it's not about the person's performance in the interview. They might have been fantastic and they might have hit every mark and scored so highly. It was, you know, an amazing result. But they said one thing that then put some doubt in the interviewer's mind about, you know, we want a lifer, we want someone that's going to stay for 10 years Mm -hmm. or this person wants more than what this role, this person could do this role, they're a great fit, but they're going to be bored in this role. Mm -hmm. Do we really want to do that disservice to them by bringing them into a role that is actually not going to challenge them? Yeah. Because they're not going to stay anyway. Agree. In terms of overcoming the disappointment and and learning from the disappointment do you have any kind of tips of how you shape like before you sit down for your next opportunity before you go into the interview is there anything you can do to prep yourself based on the feedback that you got last time I suppose like you know it's like doing a workout it's like getting yourself kind of physically and mentally ready for the next yeah I I would like to be fit 
Yeah, I'd write down the, um, I, I would write down any feedback that you get, but I would also do some self-reflection, you know, mm. as well. When which you is tough, out. which yeah. is tough. Yeah, but you might come out of the interview initially and you go, oh, I didn't answer that one as well as I could have, mm. or I had a better answer. That's the things that you need to capture. Um, you could be on a high and it might be a delirious high, but most people walk out and go, oh, I think it was good. Read the room, read yeah. the body language. Yeah. When did they shuffle in their chair the most? You know, mm. what, what was the answer that I gave right then? Because that's the one that, that's where I lost it. That's yeah. the moment I lost it. So I think it, it is about self-reflection. Then you're right, go do a gym workout. Go, yeah. go do something different. Um, get the endorphins running. <laughs> And Pop then, <laughs> and then, you know, dust off and go again. Um, you, it's just about your mind switching because if you go into an interview going, "I'm not going to get this one either," yeah, then don't show up. Yeah, you bring that. Because you're not going to get it. And having sat on panel, having sat in one-on-one interviews, whether you think you are or not, you bring that negative energy into yeah. the into the interview. You really do. Yeah. Again, I think I said before, fake it till you make it. Even if you, uh, you know petrified and you're nervous and you don't think you're going to get the job you need to put on your back fake it till you make it face and bring that into the interview just to help yourself get through it and to kind of you know tamper down some of the nerves that you the sweaty palms yeah it's a good motto fake it till you make it i don't know where you got it from if you're just to jump in if your feedback from your first unsuccessful interview was and it's a case-by-case basis but if it was you didn't know enough about the role and you didn't know enough about the company then you know that for the next one you got to know that pd back to front you've got to know the company what are their values why do you want to work there so whilst as we've said the whole way through the feedback might be up front you learn from it and you make sure that next time you don't make the same mistake so um it's preparing yourself and challenging yourself to get better in the areas where you didn't hit the mark last time jared i can't i'm I'm not listening to a thing you're saying all i'm seeing is the palm tree behind you on the screen jared's jared's been um lovely enough to join us while he's on some leave and all i'm seeing is the palm tree behind you and i'm just extremely jealous well, I knew it wouldn't be as fun without me here, so I knew I, I just had to enjoy logged on. I want to be where you are. That looks like a lot of fun. Chris and well, I are sitting here with our snotty noses in it, and the heating, looking very jealous. <laughs> well, hopefully the sun comes out, then I'll make you even more jealous later today with some photos. So, Jared, because you are on leave, and it's five o'clock somewhere, maybe where you are, what's your <laughs> shot for this week? My shot, I, I guess goes back to what I said earlier and it's about trying to keep yourself positive and and avoid burnout and the most important way to do that is to be selective and save yourself some work in, in the job process so as we touched on make a phone call see if you're right um and then if you are right for the role, then you can go ahead and do your cover letter and your resume and, and you send everything across. It's a long process getting all of that done if you're applying for a role that you were never a chance for in the first place. I don't think you left anything left for us to have a shot about. I think you covered off the whole podcast. Well, I'm comfortable. I got mine out. So up to you two now. <laughs> well, I was going to say to Chris, are you guys going to copy each other like we did last week? But I don't think you have a choice because whatever you talk about, you could talk about oh, anything. It's original. It's not that hard. I have to do it every week going through <laughs> But just fly by the seat. Okay, I've got one. Oh, I should. Put on you. And and you scared me Jeez. halfway through yours, Jared. So maybe I am doubling up. So forgive me. Oh. But I think mine's really basic. I think um, treat feedback as building blocks. 
No, that's basic but very insightful. So, you know, everything we learn, and that's that's for life, whether it be your relationship, whether it be your kids, whether it be your parents. Feedback is, you know, brush your teeth because you, you, your breath smells. All right. That's well, building a small room. <laughs> okay. That's building <laughs> Nobody likes to hear that they've got bad breath, but what can you do to fix that? So, so every little bit of feedback is a building block. Just keep building on it and keep positive. I'll um, I'll bring you some mints back, Steph. It sounds hey, like you need them. Clearly, I need them. <laughs> I didn't know what you were. I'm sitting here going, I, I'm sure I brushed my teeth this morning. <laughs> now that, but now that Chris isn't making this comment, I can't remember <laughs> if I did or not. And I would never leave the house without brushing my teeth. But you've got a blocked nose, so how do you know? Well, I'm, exactly. <laughs> I'm petrified. And oh. now I have to be insightful and have a shot. And all I can think of is I <laughs> want to put my hand over my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, for once we picked on someone that wasn't you. Yeah, that's why I have to have, like, I'm on stress leave. <laughs> <laughs> to get out of the office. Oh, Steph, what about you? Anything left for you? Um, bad breath? No, not that I'm the I think uh, mine's kind of piggybacking off a little, a little comment that Jared made, but my shot would be be targeted. Start with your, your, you know, top wish list of things um, because those are the roles that you should be applying for first and that will avoid hopefully help avoid the burnout because if you start there you're not successful and then you ask some questions along the way get to the next kind of rung in the ladder down of these hit eight of my 10 requirements and then hopefully by that point you'll be you know more successful in obtaining something so i think just don't you know throw something on the wall and hope it sticks be really targeted that'll help avoid the burnout of 75 resumes to 75 different companies um it's a lot of work a lot of work so give yourself a break it can be exhausting job the job search can be exhausting or stick in the job you've got and you won't be exhausted <laughs> back to my original point jared enjoy the rest of your leave what presents are you, you going to bring us back uh mints and deodorant i think are the, the, <laughs> on the, top of the agenda i'll have to be in the podcast room from now on apparently <laughs> uh, um, enjoy the sunshine jared Looks like well, good to thank you guys. Thanks again. Thanks as always. It's been a pleasure. I love it. And I'll see you here next week for number Looking eight. To Woo, bring it on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to Talk Employment to Me by KLC. Remember, the advice shared on the Talk Employment to Me podcast is general advice only. For specific advice, reach out to Stephanie, Chris, and Jared, or the whole KLC team. That's all for this episode. See you next Friday.